Wow. They And they sent you over there? Huh? By boat. Oh, it was wonderful. Oh, God. No parents around. Oh, you, oh I had a ball. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my and, gosh. And, and the boat was the TSS Hanseatic, and it sunk on when I came back to the States. The next, the next time it went out, it was going out, it was going to the Mediterranean, it sunk. What? Without, yeah. Did it have passengers on it? Not regular passengers, just the people that were working, the crew working and that kind of stuff. I guess they had enough boats to get into, but it sunk. How long did it take you to sail to Germany? It was about a two and a half, three weeks. I mean, it was a while. Oh, wow. That's significant. It was significant. an old ship. It yeah. wasn't like they build them now. This right. was just a wonderful old double pipe. Unbelievable. Thing. How many it people were on it? I don't know. I, I, I didn't pay attention to them. I just ran through the hallways. <laughs> I did everything. Because the two people, the older people that took me over, they weren't my grandparents, but they acted like my grandparents. Um, they were the ones that were kind of watching me, but they were in one room down a couple floors. And I was with these two school teacher women who were, I don't know, older, a lot older than I was, of course. And so I was in their room. But they, everybody on the ship was getting sick because there was these big waves. I just had a ball. Wow. Do you know how much fun it is running up and down stairs when you're going up a wave or when you're coming down off a wave? Oh, what a ball. And then all the kids, you know, there, there were, well, there were 15 of us anyway that showed up for, for dinner or breakfast or whatever. We got ice cream up the kazoo because <laughs> everybody else was sick. They, they were just feeding us whatever they could get rid of, I guess. I don't know. Well, where did you, where did you grow up? Where did you? Long Island. Long, oh, Long Island. No kidding. I didn't know that. Long Island. <laughs> Long Island. Long Island. And and so you went to Germany when you were eleven, and you stayed there for how long? Uh, it's a, it wasn't that long. It was about four months. Four months. Okay. Four months. Five months. Sailed yeah. back, and then the ship sunk. Unreal. Yeah. Whoa. It was exciting. Wow. I wanted to stay. I love Germany. I loved, I loved everything. I loved the Alps. I liked my family over there. And mm -hmm. it, was, it was pretty darn nice. I mean, I didn't have anyone telling me, you can't do that. <laughs> I'd hop on the bike and go. <laughs> so how, how long were you on Long Island after you came back from Germany? Through, through high school, through college? Yeah, just through high school. Uh -huh. And then I was out of there. Yeah. You didn't like, you did, you didn't like growing up there? Oh, I was okay. I just had other things I wanted to do. Yeah. Like what? Get away from home. Yeah, right, yeah, right, right, <laughs> right. Get I away from my sister. You know, I was the oldest one. She was younger, but she always was bossy. And Just the two of you? No, nah, my brother came along. He was, yeah, three of us. Mm -hmm. So, wow. yeah, it was fun. I went, you know, I got into a different different thing. I just, I was not, I was not college headed. It was not in my paper bag it just you know i blew that bubble up real quick mm -hmm. <laughs> and i went and i started I, I had shown dogs and then i started working for a professional handler and we went around the country showing dogs and doing things and that i enjoyed wow handling them and and grooming them oh yeah absolutely that's i, I don't know that's just a part of it but it was more handling showing ah. it, it was just learning you know like anything else how in presentation cool that wow and, and how did that start did this start in Long Island? I, oh, it started in Long Island. I was, my dad, before I went to Germany, um, my dad was a policeman and he um, also had come from Germany when he was a kid. 
um, when his grand when his father wanted him because he wanted to work for nothing. Uh, anyway, he um, he had passed this kennel, which had dachshunds. Well, my dad was German. <laughs> yeah. He wanted a little dachshund because they lost the other dog. So he went and picked that up, and he was talking to the woman, and she said, do you have any kids? And he says, yeah, I've got a couple daughters and a son. And son was too young at the time. I mean, he was just a baby. She said, well, what I'd like, I'd like to have somebody here to come over and to play with the puppies, you know, just to keep them, whatever. And it built on that. Wow. <laughs> so there were, I mean, she probably had 400 dogs, all dachshunds. <laughs> it was a huge kennel. Um, I just played with the puppies and then, then it was cleaning up after them and then it was feeding them and then it was, you know, later on walking them and all the other things that went along with it. And the next thing you know, I was showing dogs. Wow. Is that, is that bothering you hanging real low? Eve, is that okay that her mic's that I don't know. It's, I'm, I've actually got your levels just fine. Oh, so cool. If, if you're comfortable with it there, I'm hearing you. I think it's good. Oh, I'm okay. I just thought it was uh, I think it's going gonna, down the wrong place. I, I think it's going to keep sagging. So anyways, d don't uh, mind it. But well, you might have to pick it up periodically. Here, let, me, let me tighten it. Let me see. It's probably in this guy right here. So you're showing dogs traveling the country and 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 just enjoying yourself, seeing the country. Yeah, that was a big part of it. I love that. Yeah. I mean, we went all over the place. Cool. I was in every state except California. I never wanted to go to California. Why? I don't know. It just never seemed like something I wanted to go to. Now, that's ironic. Yeah, it is. Huh. When's the first time you went to California? That would have been when Alec was sent to California or went to help a friend. That was it. So we were in Ohio at the time. I was married by then. And um, Alec went to Ohio to help, I mean, to California to help a, a friend who had pro problems with his business. Alec was just really good about figuring out what needed to be done and that kind of stuff. So he went there and um, was working with this guy for a while. And, and it was an old friend of his from back east when they were in Washington. And, and uh, it turned out uh, that he decided, he called me up one day, he says, um, start packing, I'm, I'm staying out here, I've got a job with, and it was another person who was head of a big computer company thing. And, and Alec is good about talking to people, getting with businesses, finding out what they need, what they want, mm -hmm. what they, what, you know, and he just ended up traveling all over the country. So, going to different businesses, buying them up for his boss. Now, were you still showing? Were you still showing dogs at that time? Uh, in Ohio, we. Um, I think in Ohio, I ended up stopping when Alec moved. That was pretty much the end of it. He used to show dogs too. So it was, is that how you met? Yeah. Showing dogs, cool. Yeah. Very cool. He just came up to me one day and said, "Hey, I'd like to go out with you." <laughs> But anyway, um, yeah, it worked out fine. And but I ended up waiting a while because I had no plans on going to California. I mean, mm -hmm. who wants to go to California? Are you kidding me? Jeez. But I ended up. Uh, he said, "Pack up, let's go." So my mom came. We packed up everything. We had a couple truckloads come out after us, and we just took our old sweet time going around the country, looking at all the little places we could look at, and just enjoying it. And finally, had to cross that that line into California and I just hated every bit of that downhill <laughs> thing. I figured, okay, that's just the story of my life. It's all going downhill. 
where, but it, it was wonderful. Where did you it. cross into California? Um, at, up, up at Tahoe. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. It's coming down. What is it that? 50? Is that 50 or is that 80? That was 80. That's 80. Yeah. Coming down 80, you were just like, what it have I done? Going down, going down, going down, going down. And then you get through all the little pads there and you get past Sacramento. And, and we were going, it was someplace in San Jose or, Sac, I don't know, somewhere in that area, there were some friends. We didn't have a house picked out. We didn't have anything, which was good. He let me do that in his way. Um, but it was we lived with some friends, which was the friend that brought him out there to begin with. It was someone he had worked with back east. And, and that he was helping? This and, is the guy he was helping? Yeah, the uh -huh. guy he was helping. And um, his wife was wonderful. I, we had a nice time. And they had a little cottage in the back on the property. And we lived there until the house we liked was built. <laughs> cool. Very cool. Interesting. And in California, you were, and did you grow to like California? Because you, you were in California more or less for a fairly prolonged period of time, weren't you? Yeah, until now. Uh-huh. I still have a little bit. I'm going back so I can finish up stuff and get away out of there. Gotcha. I'm not a California person. I mean, it's California is wonderful. There's a lot of great places there, mm -hmm. but it's just not my style. Yeah. Um, I hate leaving the collection, but I've had my fun with it. Uh -huh. I mean, it's been 23 years or so there, so they, you know, whatever it is, it is now. Um, I don't know. I like, I like Alabama. Yeah. What about what about Alabama appeals to you? I'm up in the woods. I'm in a a, a good town. I mean, it's a nice location. There's a big university there. Not a university. It's a two-year college, but they have students from all over you know, China and Japan and stuff coming. Mm -hmm. um, it's just a nice artsy community. And I just had a lot of friends there and I kind of like it. Wow, cool. So now most of the friends are dead or gone and uh, I still like it. Yeah, yeah. It's I've, quiet. I've only ever been through Muscle Shoals. Uh, that's, that's it. Well, that was just on the other side of the river. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. All right. Florence is just the the northern part of it. Cool. Cool. So, and is yeah. it mountainous? Is, is it, you said it's mountainous? Is it hilly? Is no, it wooded? No, hilly where my home is. Uh-huh. Um, so it, yeah, everything else is down lower. You, you go, you go, go down so you can go back up the driveway so you can get, yeah, whatever it is. Yeah. So it, yeah, it's yeah. A, a little hilly there. And, and it's wooded? Lovely. Is it forested? It's all forest. What kind of? Lots of deer. Oh, all sorts of big trees and little trees. I haven't learned all of them yet. Cool. But I love it. And I'm just leaving the property as it is. I've, I've cleaned out back. I've got to take a bunch out here where I can put my trees. But um, it's, they, it belongs to the animals. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I don't want to get in there. I'll, I do some cutting back and I do the weed whipping just to get some of the grass out of the way. But I leave enough for them to chew on and their babies come in. And, you know, my little uh, pucks of Tommy Tan, what do I call him? Timmy for short. He's a, he's a little groundhog and he lives, he lives underneath a couple slabs of concrete that are off the side of the driveway where they broke out some of the driveway when they were putting in the big garage stuff and workshop area. Huh. So he lives down there and he just comes charging out and does all the eating and stuff. And I got great pictures of him. Is he Why afraid, would is I want to do anything else? No, oh, well, he's leery. You haven't? 
I don't. That might chase not ever him. be something that I, he's comfortable well, and with. I don't. I'm not going to come up and pet him. Yeah. Because I don't think it's <laughs> well. I don't think it's fair. Right. You know, oh. I don't want to scare that poor thing. I'm, I mean, I'm so big compared to him, but he's just. I mean, he's like he's just a little chunky thing, and his legs seem like they're about that big, and he goes and he just runs along. And, wow. and and then when he runs, there are times he runs. He's so fast, and you think, how can this little squirt? move like that and he'd just go flying up and over a log and like mm. like you know he belongs in the circus that's amazing that's i have i had no idea <laughs> so we got red foxes we got all sorts of we got coyotes there's i mean everything you could think of is up there and they live on the property they can that's theirs i got it for them Very keep cool. everybody else away from it yeah yeah don't touch my animals <laughs> so 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 when did the bone when did your when did bonsai start? When in this whole journey? Boy. I don't remember back that far. <laughs> um, I took a class at a community center. They also had cooking and they had other things. And I was just bored to death, a bored housewife, not being able to do anything. I wanted to work and Alec didn't want me working. So I just played in the yard and we had a clean slate to start with and I started filling it with trees, not bonsai, but because I didn't know that, just putting in the ground, doing things. And it was um, totally enjoyable. And then I started, okay, they had a little cooking thing and I went with a friend across the street. Yeah, yeah, let's just go over and, you know, it was just one of these generic kind of buildings. And somehow, there was a class, they were, you know, cooking classes and all that stuff, but there was a class on how to learn to do your trees in a Japanese manner. I don't know what it was called. It might have been that, it might have been something else. I don't, mm -hmm. you know, it's been too long. So I got there and there were three or four of us and this, this person who was teaching, See those little pieces of wood, the little flowers there? I mean, she would have little sticks and you, she'd be putting them in a pot and, and making them look kind of half pretty. And, oh, this is Bonzi. And I figured, yeah, it's Bonzi, all right. But I didn't know, I didn't know how to pronounce bonsai at the time. That's what she pronounced, was, oh, there it was. Um, and this other gal that joined the class got up and started tugging my arm a couple times, she said, there's more to this. She says, I know about bonsai. She said, there, there's a club somewhere around here. There's something. We got to get out of this. We got to get there. So, you know, she just kept on it and on it. And she ended up finding out where it was. It was downtown. But we went first. The one place we thought it was was this big building where you go inside. That Because a gal that was teaching it kind of gave us these ideas where, it, oh, I think it's over by the whatever. She knew where it was. Um, she, didn't want she, to, she, will, she didn't want to lose her customers. She didn't want to lose her customers. Yeah, sure. That's it. <laughs> so we went in and we went upstairs because there was nothing downstairs. And I don't know, they're doing something like bingo in there. And it's just, where's the bonsai club? Shh, shh, shh. They just, I, you don't get near, you don't ever want to go near people like that. I mean, they're crazy. They'll kill you. In, in, because in, in, in bingo halls? <laughs> they had, I mean, there were 50 to 100 people in that hall oh, all yeah. doing the, these little bingo cards all over their thing. But where's the bonsai? So we gave up and, <laughs> and, and a couple you. of weeks later, we tried some other little spot and then we tried something else. And somewhere there was this little whisper about, it's, it's, in, the, it's in a hall 
And, and it's a place where retired uh, war people go and didn't even know the name of it, but we checked out everything we could find that had a, a war thing to the name. And, and, uh, and, and lo and behold, we, we hit the right place one time. And when I first went in, for everybody that's in bonsai. When I first walked through that door, I knew really other than this one person, I knew nobody else in the room. I, I just, I panic when I get near a lot of people. I don't, I don't take easily to, you know, getting to know people. I like doing things alone. Mm -hmm. I walked in the door and Ben Rosette, and I'll never forget this man, he's, he's dear to my heart. He was by the front door and he says, hi. I'm your partner. Every time you come here, I'm here. He said, and he, this is Irene, and she's a blah, 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 and, and she, just, she does this and she does that, and you need to know her. And then he walked me to somebody else and gave me another person's name. And every time I came to that club meeting, he was there for me, and he would introduce me to different people. Remember, we talked to her, and she had a whatever it was, and mm. it, it was just great. Without him, I would not be here today. I'd no, probably she, be buried somewhere. This is this is groundbreaking to have that kind of what would you call that mentorship or a guide or a a guide and mentorship. You want to know his background? Yes. He and his wife came out of the concentration camps in Germany. He. Um, Wow. He still had his mark on her, and so uh -huh. did she. Um, the, out of just happenstance that they were able to get out alive. Unbelievable. Yeah, and and I, blessed people. Wow. Anyway. And, um, and, and so as part of the bonsai course, new new member comes in or new person comes in, and he and, and somebody that's passionate in the group says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and I'm going to help them find their way. Yeah. It was a good club. Now that's, that's the teacher that was in it was different. <laughs> Very, he was Japanese, uh -huh. and and all he did was and dump something in the trash and say, "Bonsai done, sales." <laughs> and that oh. was, I mean, that was. <laughs> so I and and after that, I I found there were many, many, many other clubs. I mean, the one beautiful thing about that part of the country is that there are a ton of bonsai clubs. No, now where in California is this again? San Jose. San Jose. You go San Jose. There's a couple clubs, the Japanese one, and then the one I was with, and then there was one up in Palo Alto, mm -hmm. and 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 that's and then there's another one up in Seboku is up in Hillsborough and Hillsdale, and then up a little farther there's another one. I mean, there are bonsai clubs all over the place. Did you start going to all of these clubs? Yeah. Oh yeah. If there was one club, there were twenty. I was there. Yeah. And, and there were only a couple of them where they said, no, this is Japanese. You don't come. Right, right. Well, I got in there anyway. <laughs> Interesting. Later and on. So, so what, what was it? Why? Why did you start going to these clubs? What was it about Bonsai that you they liked? They all had something different to give. Hmm. They had a different way, a different approach. So the guy in the beginning that was, I don't give you his name because it's just not worth it. But he, I mean, he was okay, but he wanted to sell. Mm-hmm. As it turned out, just backing up a little bit here, by the end of that year that I had been there for almost a year, um, by that end, he was getting out of there mm -hmm. because I became vice president. Mm -hmm. And I figured 
I knew from other from showing dogs and all the other things that I did, there there was a lot more out there than what he was saying. He right. just wanted to sell. Right. And so I'm you know, there's no sense even giving his name. He'd, he'd still be alive. I don't think he is. But um it was it was nice because the the progression as I went up towards San Francisco, there were more and more clubs and interesting clubs and they all had something different to give. Hmm. And it really helped. I mean my my understanding of what bonsai was became better and 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 it it also i knew more where there was going to be a show even though it wasn't our show it was somebody else's show it was a show i could go to yeah and then i started eventually going down south i mean i went i, I joined every club i could find wow. and went to them religiously alec he, was so forgiving because i mean he'd go down with me we'd go down and do two or three clubs at a time and then come back up and 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 at that time, did each club have a, its sensei, if you will, and 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 so they were. I didn't realize that it was so that there was such an open uh, door policy for you to come and go because I thought the senseis of those clubs were fairly proprietary of their students at that time. Did you was that not an issue? I didn't make it an issue. Got gotcha. you. Okay, so you just basically were like, whether that is or not for you, it's. I'm not in, in, involving myself in that. Right. I found the people that were in the club that were open to teaching and, and helping to learn or whatever the case may be. Yeah. And did you have, uh, I mean, like most bonsai practitioners, once the bug, once you caught the bug, <laughs> did you start amassing a lot of trees and or, or were you f fairly, did you have a way that you went about your oh, yeah, no, practice? no. A lot of my trees that I had in the ground that I loved and everything else started coming out because there was more room for bonsai and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Right, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Come on. Right. No, no, okay. no, no. I, I don't know. I, I mean, yeah. some people, there are some people that you talk to in their bonsai practice and they're like 25 trees and, and, and they're very serious and they're very dedicated and they've got 25 trees. But that didn't work for me. I went, I went hog wild. I yeah, mean, I went from one to. Yeah. There was not enough. There was not enough trees. There was never enough, and you found more places you could collect and more places of people that were older that didn't want to. It's too big for me. I can't handle it. I went, oh, okay, well, I'll be happy to take it off your hands or, yeah. or give you something or do something for you or whatever. Right, yeah. right. As it's starting to sink down. Yeah, it just, it just sort of creeps. That one's a real problem. Partially like my name, creep. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so you're growing your bonsai practice. You're traveling all over the place. Was there a big difference between Northern California and Southern California when you started going down south? Yes. What was different? Um, Harry Harrell, <laughs> mm. John Naka. Mm -hmm. I didn't. I did some stuff with John Naka, but I liked Harry. Uh -huh. Harry was soft and gentle and and kind and caring and loved his bonsai and he had some absolutely wonderful pieces. Oh my gosh, um, John was on the road most of the time. Yeah, you know, so he really he wasn't taking care of California as much uh -huh. as he was going everywhere else, which is nice. I mean, it helps. It builds other people up. So uh, I I just didn't do much there, but I, I did a lot with everybody else and and you know, the Regals. I mean, I, I made a lot of good friends down there. Anyone that was really interested in bonsai, I wanted to be around because I wanted to learn what they had. Yeah, Mary Bill Valendonk. I mean, there were a lot of people that you know they're gone now, most of them. But wow, yeesh. 
that that whole uh, <laughs> that that whole culture down there was so it, it's still such a fascinating uh expansion of the art form as far as north america is concerned in southern california and that 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 kind of moment where all of that bonsai was happening mm-hmm. and and i understand john traveled a lot and kind of spread spread the word about bonsai and, and really made it accessible but but when you talk about the regals you talk about mary bell ballandock and did, did did that whole did that whole culture in Southern California revolve around John or did it revolve around John and Harry and Ben or, you know, like how it was a group. It was a group because Ben was part of John. Right. You know, he was his left hand man. You know, he, whatever needed to be done, he did. And yeah. He did some other stuff too. Non bone size stuff. Right. <laughs> uh, so, so we, <laughs> sorry about that. I just had to throw that one in. That awesome. uh, guy just drove me crazy. That's awesome. Um, but anyway, it, it, it was it was wonderful because there it is a tight community in a way, but then there's like it was in Northern California, you know, people like this one better or that one better or over yeah. here, and they didn't cross bound boundaries too often. I didn't care. I wanted to learn as much as I could from everybody I could learn from. Yeah, and it, it didn't matter. But they had a good bonsai culture down there. I mean, well, they did in our area too, but uh, the Huntington, you know, had a. A smaller size collection, but over the years it really started to grow, and 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 other places. It, it just uh, it's marvelous to see what was done in in California. Yeah, you know, they they cared about it, um, and and really built it up. And it then felt it like kind of for a while slid off. It felt like they cared about it in a way that was more serious than it had been cared about before. Yeah. And that's just uh, just from talking to people and, and seeing the impact when John Naka passed away and the s- sort of the, the, the hangover of that, if you will. Mm-hmm. But it was just like, man, the first time I went to Japan, Kei Komai was on the trip and I went with Benoki in the early 2000s, 2002, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, and, and even then, like when I would go down and help Ben at the Huntington or when I would go to the Nampukai show and it, it was just like, I mean, at that point, John was John was maybe not even practicing bonsai anymore, and, and focused more on painting, sort of in the latter years of his life. But th- there was a um, but he had the right people taking care of his stuff. Did he? Yeah. Th- there was there was a seriousness about it, though. It was it was a, just a there was a community. There was a way of life. It, it felt. I'm sure there were obviously, but seems bonsai comes with infighting, uh, just as a, a sort of a common part of it and mm-hmm. dis- disagreements or discrepancies of what people think and believe and you know preach to be true but but it seemed like everybody genuinely got along and sort of hung together and it was really mm-hmm. cool it was mm-hmm. cool to see i mean i wasn't a part of it i was an outsider looking in but it was it was fascinating to see it it it, it actually tapped into like this utopic idea of of, of what something beautiful can be when everybody's on the same page mm-hmm. and uh and and i i, I can't imagine being in the being immersed in that i mean you were you were in the you were in the core of it yes and no Hmm. i mean i was but because i was an outsider i mean with harry i was very close i mean we were just buddy buddies i i just thought the world of the man because of his personality 
because of his caring, because of what he wanted to do, you know, really pass it on to the locals and others. I mean, there's just something soft and really kind about him, more so than some of the others. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everybody has their own personality, and you, you know, yeah. you either enjoy it or you don't. So I, I mean, but yeah, there was a lot out there, and we had in in a, the San Jose area. Um, and and the Bay Area in general, there there's a very large Japanese uh, group, and and many little places where they go, and and you know different different teachers and things, and bonsai and that yeah. kind of stuff, as well as their church. But it it's um, you have to now you have to look for it a little bit because mm-hmm. they're changing some of the places like in San Jose you go downtown San Jose in the Japanese quarter and, and a lot of those things are gone but they've built a wonderful um, just getting off the sidetrack a little bit but they they built this absolutely wonderful museum on the camps and in the back part of the museum is a full-blown replica of what the camps their buildings their their homes looked like when they were out in the desert wow and i had my husband and i used to go to a lot of and we're getting off a little bit but here we went to a lot of the camps um areas and and saw where things were and and then one day we were doing oh we did a lot of antiquing stuff but this was outside and and there was this book and i said oh alec look at this you know they've got some japanese writing in it or something but it's got some nice pictures and all and he looked at it and he said do you know what this is <laughs> uh, he knew immediately i mean he's a fabulous person for i mean his brain was huge um what he found what i found and he he realized what it was was a book that was done in the camps up in Missoula, Montana, which is where all the high mucky mucks went. And most of them went, were sent up there without their families. Mm. They went elsewhere because they kept them separated. They were afraid of these people. Yeah. And the one thing that really got me going in bonsai was that book. I went to my first convention in Oakland um, very early on. And there was somebody by the name of Hideko nah. at that show. And I said, hey, I've got this book. And, and you know, yeah, Alec was still alive. And, and he wouldn't let me get rid of it because to him it was something really special. He wanted to hold on to it. And I said, can you make any sense of this? You know, it looks like, you know, someone was doing a lot of drawings in it and it looks like different people. And Hideko looked at it and she just, oh my gosh, do you know what this is? Do you know who this is? It turned out that was my first convention and the gentleman who was responsible for doing this book was sitting two tables away from me. He was in there doing drawings and paintings and things. He was doing something special for that particular convention. I gave let him see the book and there were just tears oh this is so and so and he did what and this is and they were all his friends i wanted to give him that book so bad but alec was so adamant about it that he didn't well now it belongs to the japanese museum wow but it's um there's so much so many precious things there as hard as they had it in the desert and well he this was missoula where he was where all the big guys went 
as hard as it was there, they kept their spirits up. They did learn dancing lessons. They did special writing things. They had little poetry they did. They, I mean, they drew flowers. They just did whatever it was to keep them calm and relaxed and, and happy. Hmm. And it was a marvelous thing. And to, to meet that man. Yeah, that's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Small world. And you found it in an antique shop? It was in one of the big um, outdoor antique things. Wow. You know, wow. we went to, there were like four of them a year or something. There were a lot of small, you know, futsy little places, but they're really big antique stores when was down there or shops or outdoor, whatever it was. It was down near... Half Moon Bay was one, and this one was up north of San Jose. And hmm. so it just so happened. We, I mean, we go to them, went to them, and there was this book. And then you went to a convention, and, and there he was as a guest. Yeah. I, so, so it almost seems like, and I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, having a passion for bonsai at that point in that time and that era meant because bonsai was being taught by Japanese Americans. And that's really where it was coming from and the information was coming from mm -hmm. and where the organization and leadership was coming from, that there was a hand-in-hand -hand relationship of bonsai and Japanese culture. Did, did you fall in love with Japanese culture? Did you fall in love with bonsai? Did you fall in love with both of them? I mean, what, what, what was them. it that- Both of them. Yeah, okay. It was more because of the way the Japanese reacted to things and talked about things. They were open, they were kind, they were generous, they were, I mean, they were just lovely people and I mm. couldn't see how all this angst that had gone before had, had gotten that way. I mean, it just didn't make sense to me. Yeah. But so I just, I just wrapped myself around all the Japanese people because they were so, so great, kind, mm. and you know, wanted you to learn. And what, Except for one or two of them, you know. Yeah, right. That were just in it for the business. But most sure. of them were really caring, loving. And what was it about the people. bonsai that grabbed you? Like what? I, I mean, that's hard to quantify. I, I know when I try to answer that, I, I like my answer is different almost every time. I, I don't really know. but There was something special about once I got into working with other people that were really um caring about it they they the way they handled the trees other than that one guy um the way they handled the trees the way, the way they worked on them they, their passion their love of it was so pronounced and and it was hard to turn that down you couldn't you couldn't turn that volume down it, mm -hmm. it was there because they you could see them beaming and while they're looking at it and as they're looking at a tree and the way they were turning it around or you know looking at a pot everything was kind and considerate for the vehicle they wanted to work on mm -hmm. um maybe that's a good way of putting it i don't it, it was it was a nice feeling mm -hmm. you know after being around dog shows for years so the contrast of it. Oh, like night and day. Wow. Wow. Because the dogs were treated like an object? No, there were so many mean people. Ah, <laughs> no, ah. They, I mean, they, everybody, you know, they're, hmm, don't get near me. Don't touch, I, I, you can't do that. I, you know, I can right. tell you some, I'll, after this is over with, a story or two <laughs> that uh, when I was back showing dogs and stuff, what some of these guys are like. I mean, they're just not very nice. But I just fell in love with the people. I fell in love with the art. And it's just, uh, that's all I want to do. So, I just enjoy doing it. And so then how did, how did that progress to the point where you're like, 
I'm going to go to Japan. How did you? Because you, because at this point in time, was there any, were there any Caucasian people that you knew of studying in Japan? Um, there was one person, and it was through Brussels. Mm -hmm. Joe Harris. Joe Harris, yeah. But he was studying with a man who did just azaleas. Right. Because that's what Joe's passion was at that time. So mm -hmm. he left Brussels, Brussels got him a, a gig to go up there, and then they did it. And there was another guy that came up from Florida who we just never mentioned his name. <laughs> Brussels doesn't like to mention it anymore. But he, he went in and he was working for a while with Joe Harris and then was skedaddled out of there. Yeah. So anyway, um, I don't know. There was just, I don't know. I, there was just something about the way certain people reacted to Bonsai to see their eyes open, to see the way they looked at something, you know, just going back sideways again. I couldn't give that up. There was just something so complete in what I was doing. You know, I was I was getting to know the people, a lot of Japanese people. I was getting to know people that like bonsai. I was getting to know bonsai. I was getting to know plants. I was getting to enjoy looking around and seeing what I was surrounded with. Mm -hmm. And as that just kept building, you know, I wanted more, more, more. And uh, California turned out to be, in the beginning, just an absolute bonus for me because it was so big in what they were doing yeah and they had so many different teachers that were that were good i mean if you couldn't find a good teacher you were not looking right because they were there wow um so sounds like I, paradise yeah it was it is i'm leaving paradise by the way I'm yeah <laughs> right right <laughs> i'll find my paradise it's in alabama sounds like it. you got a new paradise that's good yeah. that's good yeah well, I've had it for a long time, but I just never had a chance to, to really stay there. Sure, sure. Like you, on the road all the time. Life of a bonsai professional. Yeah, but it's fine. I mean, it's fine. I'm okay. So, but I'm getting old. Yeah, but yeah, but but, but I'm still confused because uh, you're getting old, but you're still just crushing, Kathy. I mean, that's the amazing thing is 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 you're you're still at the top of your game doing fantastic things for bonsai in north america i mean some it's, it's unbelievable but that, that's a side note how did you how did how did you get to japan because joe harris is the only person who's over there i mean this isn't a common thing at this point in time a, a, a caucasian person from the united states going to japan and i'm going to apprentice this is not normal okay um i do not normal things all the time <laughs> <laughs> i I uh, if I want something, I can usually find out how to get it, and mm. it's not that I want my maple kind of thing. You know, it, it's that I'll I'll seek it out and find a way to get over or, or whatever it was. I joined every club I could find. I started then at every convention. So that first convention was where I met that one gentleman that I told you about with the book. My second convention was down in L.A. And these are GSBF conventions, GSBF right? GSBF conventions. Yeah. These are early in the GFBF, GSBF Still organization. Still pretty early, but yeah. I, yes. So, um, and, and then my next convention was up at Monterey. 
Mr. Mitsuya was going to be there. I didn't know anything about him. And um, I, when I watched him cool. do... I, I'd been working with a lot of different people by that time. Um, How many years but, into your bonsai practice are you at this point? Uh, three years. Okay. Maybe. Three years, but three years going full full tilt. Yeah. Well, yeah. Everything I do is full tilt. Yeah. But I I was watching this man on stage, and I, I was just mesmerized by him because everybody else it was like bump 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 put trees in and oh done you know kind of thing right and and there was nothing exciting about it. What he did as a he's a showman as well as an artist. He had this tree ahead of time taken out of the pot rolled up and bald and and had it um, you know in plastic and he was redoing the top and putting the wire on and making it look really nice and all this other stuff and at the very end when he says over oh 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 tutamate tutamate and, and and then Hideko was translating for him a little bit and and uh, said just a minute you know we, we we're not done yet I forgot something and he ripped open this plastic bag and took all the moss and the crap off of it, and it was in a pot already. <laughs> yes. And that showman. Wow. So it was this a is Mr. Mitsuya? Mr. Mitsuya. Oh. Yeah, it's a, it was a Sierra juniper, a short squat one. Oh, beautiful tree. Um, and they had in the hallway a row of tables on both sides and then in the middle of those two tables of running down the whole hallway lots of tables uh was this second tier of a table down through the middle they had put the demo tree up on top he was not finished with that demo tree they thought he was finished because it was unwrapped he had more work he wanted to finish wiring it he jumped up on the table and up on the top of the table squat down and did not get off that table until he had finished wiring out everything in detail mm. And I thought, wow, is that what it's about? Mm-hmm. You know, it just changed from what I had seen in the other conventions. What he did was just so different. Mm-hmm. Just his attitude to it. He just giggled. He'd laugh. I mean, while he was doing things, he he was just in, you could tell he was enjoying himself. And then after that, I fairly rapidly joined the Federation and then, uh, you know, just kind of snuck in there. They needed some help, so I figured I'd help. But then I knew where he was going and when he was going there mm-hmm. and, and what he was doing. So I started not just following him, but following other Japanese people that had come over. And and they would go to a club or go to something, and they'd start doing something. And, and I would watch to see what they were doing. And and I was like, oh, just a minute. I, I, I'll do this. I'll do this. You do something else, you know. So if they were mixing dirt, I'd go over and get the soil and start mixing it up. I'd see what they wanted. And I'd do it. And they'd go, oh, oh, okay. Hi, hi, hi. And, and, and so I'd do that. And then I'd do something else. And then I'd do something else. So I got to know these people that were coming over from Japan. Mm. And I started following them around. I was a camp follower. You know, if they went to Salinas, they went up north, they went, you know, up to the mountains, they went wherever they went. I was there, mm-hmm. and and they knew then because some of them were a lot of them were Mr. Mitsuya's friends, 
and, and other people that he knew real well. And I don't know what happened, but somehow that group started coming in. So I just, I did what I saw him do and I took over and then he could go work with the trees. Interesting. And uh, I learned a lot from that and I loved it. And I got on, you know, as a federation, I got into it and became on the, you know, got on the board. Then I knew who was coming over and when and where. And you could be there. And I could be there. Now, going back, when you were spending time with Harry down in L.A. prior to getting to this point, were you going to the Mojave and Jawbone and collecting California junipers? Were you going to the Sierras? Or or if you weren't, or if you were, was there an abundance of just fantastic material at that time? There was a fair amount of good material, mm -hmm. yes. Um, they were not necessarily taking other people to where the really good material was, but right. it was pretty awesome anyway. Um, but you'd see Harry come in with a new tree every once in a while that was nowhere where we had been. Mm -hmm. you know, I, I didn't notice a tree like that. And they always had some marked up there that they had gone to before in different places. And he knew some of the ranchers and that kind of stuff and, you know, who was getting ready to clear a field. And so he'd go in there and clear it out before they did because they'd just trash them and burn them. Yeah, sure. Oh, it was awful. Unbelievable. Yeah. So, so you were in Jawbone when Jawbone was like the historical place. Yeah, it's been a few years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the place of legends. And, and then in Northern California, they were going into the Sierras. I mean, obviously they were because there's Sierra junipers from that era that still exist at Collection North or PBM or other places. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. God, that's fascinating. So you liked Mr. Mitsuya's approach. You just thought this is, this is how it can him. be done. I liked his approach and I liked the man. Yeah. I, I can't really say I like Kimura. Mm -hmm. I saw too many raw pieces about him, yeah. you know, not just bones on the other sides of it, and, and, and you know, yeah. it, it just was not not something I wanted to be around. Yeah, um, you know, we all have our. It was easy for me because Mr. Mitsuya was so giving and kind, and you know, I there was just something about him mm. that was nice. And he's part of the Monsaiin lineage and yes uh which which became boy that is uh that is an expansive no not monsaiyan yeah monsaiyan or daijuin 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 he was part of the daijuin that's right is, is yeah and that that daijuin lineage is extensive yes extensive i mean monsaiyan has their own lineage but daijuin yeah. boy that's an intense uh and expansive group of bonsai professionals that have come from that come that from garden that uh-huh and and you so so you found him to be an agreeable character or or bonsai practitioner and person. H how did you how did you go about obtaining an apprenticeship? Because there wasn't any sort of example to follow in terms of doing that. Well, let's say I'm not just the shy little person I appear to be. Uh -huh. um, I got onto the board of the federation, the state federation. And I knew then where somebody was going to be and when they were going to be there and some other things. And then stuff happened. And we were, Hideko was on the board at the time and some other things. And we were in a big meeting and they were talking about who's going to be the president of the, you know, the new president coming in and this, that, and the other thing. And and somebody put their hand up and said, why, why doesn't Kathy get to be vice president or something or whatever? And Hideko jumped up and she said, no, 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 no. I got something else planned for Kathy. She can't be president. She can't be vice president, whatever it was. I mean, she just, it was adamant. Later on, uh, about 
two hours later after the meeting was over, um, I said, well, what, what, did you, what did you mean you have something for, oh, oh it's, uh, it's okay, it's okay. Talk to you later about it. I got to go to a meeting, she said. So she was gone and I didn't see her for another day and a half. And then she came in uh, a couple days later and said, uh, by the way, he accepted you. Well, who accepted me? Well, Mr. <laughs> Mitsuya. I said, what, what do you mean? You've been accepted as an apprentice with Mr. Mitsuya. You have a one-year apprenticeship. Mm. And I didn't know who I was going to go with. I wasn't necessarily asking for him, but, you know, I really, that was where I wanted to go. But I figured I'd go anywhere. <laughs> sure. And, and had you expressed you wanted to go to Japan? Yeah, I might have said something about that. Sure. You know, Makes I'm not, sense. No, I'm not always a shy you know, I'm crazy, but it 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 worked out well because I thought I you know who knows where I would have gone, yeah. who I would have gone with. I mean, if there was anybody, it was him that I wanted to go with. So mm -hmm. that was nice. So can we turn this off for just a second? Yeah, absolutely. Bit, um, just for a second, I'm going to say something I shouldn't. I don't want to say out loud. Go for it. <laughs> Personally, that was something I experienced a lot as an apprentice in Japan, uh, just in terms of the discussion of, as a Caucasian, you might not be able to be that good at bonsai. That was very, that was very freely spoken to me. There, I didn't have that. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was told to me by this person we just talked about. Sure, yeah. <laughs> so um, I just did what I was asked to do, he didn't have any other apprentices at the time because the other one had just finished. Mm -hmm. Oh no, it was because he had the new house and he didn't want to bring another apprentice in until that house was built and ready to go. And then they moved from where they were to the new house. Mm -hmm. So when I got there, they'd been in the house for a couple months uh -huh. and they were ready for another apprentice. And because they had he was shy on, because he was shy on help. Yeah, there wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They, the others had all finished, and right. he didn't want anyone new until that house was done. Gotcha. So there were a lot of apprentices, or, or a lot of his past apprentices that are in that general area, and and friends of his that you know they would come over and they'd watch and they'd talk and they, you know I didn't understand a word they were saying, which was okay. Um, and then as time went on, I got to understand who they were and what they were doing and stuff. But I, I basically, I didn't know the language when I went over because when he said, okay, you're accepted, it was like, and be there in two months. And it was like, oh, I can't learn Japanese in two months. I mean, right. there's just no way. Not it was a, not going to happen. Not I possible. didn't even think about, you know, and, and the little bit I tried to study, it was, didn't work. I kept coming out with German and all sorts of <laughs> other languages. I mean, yeah, right. So it was fine. But anyway, um, other apprentices that were and other friends who are were professionals would come in and they would sit and they kind of watch me and you know which was kind of scary. It was like, don't look. <laughs> and and he'd be sitting more or less right next to me. So whatever he was doing, I always had one eye on him. Yeah. What he was doing, how he was doing it, and trying to do my work at the same time. So that worked out all right. But it was somebody was supposed to come and didn't, and then another. Oh. Achan. <laughs> there was this young kid, and I can't tell you the whole story, but I'll get to a certain point and have to stop because don't need to know sure. what happened. Sure. He, um, his father had come to the house, and he was talking about his son, and his son was out in the yard just squatting, 
looking at the stones, I guess. He was too squatting to look at any bones eye. Um, and, and he was just seemed to be very shy, but he and Mr. Mitsuya were talking and about what was going to happen in the apprenticeship and, you know, when to start to send him up, which would be the beginning of the next year, right at the beginning of the year after New Year's, you know, kind of thing. Sure. So, um, and I'm looking at this kid out there and I'm thinking, he's going to be an apprentice? And and he just didn't seem like he, you know, he didn't seem... Wasn't all, all together. Yeah. So he came. Uh, Hideko was at the house at the time. What? So, so is Hideko going back and forth from the United States to Japan quite a she, bit? She, she, yeah, she's got family there and she's got different things. And yeah, she, she did a lot of traveling. She'd go to Kokofu. She'd go to whatever was Did she do bonsai? She, yeah. Oh, okay. oh, gosh, I'll tell you about her place. Great. You need to see it sometime. I, I it, it would be a dream. Yeah. Oh, it's unbelievable. Still, even now, she's still doing bonsai. Yeah, I think she still has a lot of the trees. I don't know who's taking care of them, but mm -hmm. uh, her house is on the side of a hill. You go up this big driveway, you know, 30, 40 feet or something. It's almost at this level. And you get up there and you park. If you can't already park on the street and come work, walk up. Then you go up another 15 steps to the front door and you walk in and that's the closet. And then you go up another bunch of steps to the first floor, first, first floor, the real first floor. It, it's just the whole house is built up on the side of the mountain and you look and there is this huge mountain right across from her it's a beautiful mm. place but the bonsai are just layered one 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 group of steps above another you know just up and up and up and up this hill unbelievable yeah it's quite a place wow but anyway she was there at the house and they were expecting we were expecting this young child to come and he wasn't coming and he wasn't coming and kept looking god he should be here by now he's coming from way southern you know island and uh, he's not here, he's not here, he's not here. And finally, we got a call from him. He had bypassed the exit he was to get off at, you know, the Toyohashi. So he went past that and got into Hamamatsu. And, and he was hungry. Now, anybody who's been to Japan know they walk out, they can get food on the train. Or you walk outside, they stop long enough, they got all these little kiosks, you can buy whatever you want. Yeah. He went and got down on a bus and went on up this mountain. I'm thinking then, this kid's not gonna make it. That was in my mind. I, he was just off the left wall. So, how, how long had you been there at this point? Uh, half a year. Half a year. Now, now, were you starting to understand Japanese? Yeah, it was coming along. Words and yeah. phrases and, yeah, okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, we still got some things mixed up every once in a while. But, sure. Um, yeah, I was getting better. <laughs> But you didn't. You didn't have a senpai no. showing you what no. it what it meant to be an apprentice. No, I you were no just idea. taking your cues from Mr. Mitsuya. Right. Wow. Oof. I can't even fathom that. I can't even fathom it that. Was, you know. That was such a foreign world. If I didn't have if I didn't have senpai, I, ne I I never. I don't. I mean, I guess Mr. Kimura could have been a little maybe nicer and more instructive about it, but that's not really, well, maybe <laughs> that wasn't, that wasn't really his way. You it's know? still not so. his way from the last time I was there. <laughs> right. Right. Excuse me. Okay. I want to just stay out of there. I'll go. Fair enough. Um, fair enough. Yeah. Um, Mr. He was, he was, I don't know how to explain it, but 
There were enough of his apprentices that had gone through it that were around that if there was a lot of problems, uh-huh. they could come down. Kenji was one of them. Now, the Kenji story is different because I thought Kenji, um, Mr. Mitsu, uh, he's a friend. Kenji was his last apprentice. Right. So Before you came. so Before I came. Uh-huh. He was in the other house and before they, this place was built. And, and Kenji would come with his, some of his friends, Mrs. Mitsui, and say, well, we, we've got, you know, okay, we've got this big heavy thing we've got to move. And, mm-hmm. oh, Kenji will take care of it. Don't you try. You know, and then, oh, Kenji will take care of it. So this Kenji came over a lot. He was just a nice guy that came over. Mm. I had no idea he did bonsai. Right. Interesting. Um, because it wasn't my need to know. Sure. I guess. Uh, yeah. 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 Right. So... We're going to do a couple little skips here. There was a, a show in um, away from Toyohashi, uh, closer to my teacher's teacher's place. And it was a, this wonderful old hotel where all the, the bonsai were displayed in these little cubby holes all around this huge room. And it was a big tatami mat. You just scooted on your fanny you know, place to place unless you wanted to get up and drop back down. <laughs> I was scooting. And this Kenji came in. And he says, hi. And he says, speak English. He doesn't, but that was about his English. That was it, hi. Um, uh, so he tried to talk to me about what each one was doing, each display and all this other stuff. So that was the, the really the first time I'd met him. And then after that, when he started coming to the house, um, he took me to his house first. And he was just always told to me that he's, he's a friend. Uh-huh. You know, just a friend. Friends coming over. Um, so I went to his house on the way to dropping me off at the Mitsuya's house. I'm looking around. I said, hey, you have bonsai. Yeah. I said, these are nice looking trees. <laughs> You're actually doing some nice bonsai. <laughs> yeah. It was a year later before I found out he was the apprentice and finished. Unbelievable. He'd come over, they were moving blocks, they were moving bricks, they were redoing the front yard because they had to put in all new dirt. They were filling it up because it was a big sloped area and we had all these concrete blocks and all the trees to take to the back. They came in, his friends came in and helped them carry this huge fish thing to the back area. I mean, you know, it was always, oh, it's okay, Kenji. It's okay, Kenji. So Uh I just figured he was just a local friend that had some bonsai in his yard. Oh. Interesting. It's wow. a marvelous person. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and, and and now he's over here in Atlanta. Yeah, he's in Atlanta. The airport. Yeah. Do, do you have do you maintain contact with Kenji? I had until he moved there and then I just got busy. I couldn't get his information. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I I've never really known that much about Kenji. Yeah, he's a kick. He my, really is. I gotta tell you, my experience so I start I went to school. At Cal Poly from 2000 to 2004, and I came from Colorado. Started oh, on the I'm fall. sorry. Yeah. Wow. Oh, I, I hey, That's listen. Good. I felt like genuinely living in Colorado and then going to college in California. I'd probably lived in the two uh, most pleasant states in the country. I don't know if that's still true, but at that point in time, I felt pretty good about it because Colorado was amazing to grow up in, and California was phenomenal to go to school in, especially San Luis Obispo. <laughs> was precisely between the Bay Area and and, and Los Angeles, mm-hmm. you know. So my weekends in college were spent going either to the Bay Area or down to Southern California, and you know, trying to work in somebody's backyard to get a little bit of bonsai shine from them, and <laughs> and uh, and it was fun. It was really fun. But the convention, I believe, Sacramento, two thousand one. I want to say, 
Uh, let's see, fall semester of my first year. Yeah, yeah, 2001, it must have been Sacramento. And Mr. Mitsuyu was there. And he was on stage, and I'd never seen a display of trees of that caliber before. It was beautifully arranged. And even to this day, I think back about my Golden State Bonsai Federation event memories, and it was still one of the best displays that I've seen at a GSBF event. And uh, so considered, the room was so well organized, and just seeing trees that were like, I'd never seen trees like that before, you know, at that point in my bonsai life. But the thing that really, I took a, I took a, a white pine workshop with Cheryl Manning. I slept in the back of my pickup truck. And when you, when Mr. Mitsuyo is on stage with you and Kenji Miyata and Cheryl Manning and Dennis Makashima, and there were three trees that were being worked at the same time. And I, I, I think Gordon I don't might remember that. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 and, and I'll never, I, I mean, it was just like, I had never seen anything like that before. I had never seen bones. I'd done at that. I didn't even know that was a possibility. I was so, I was so mind blown watching this all happen. And then I had the experience of, of going up to El Dorado and you were teaching a workshop and I had a roommate in college named RJ Hosking who uh, had worked at El Dorado and grown up, grown up in Placerville and, you know, his father had a nursery there. And, uh, and he took, he brought me up one time and you were teaching a workshop. And I remember just standing in the door watching. You were behind the outside of the building at one time too when I tried to talk to you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was Who's so. this little kid? <laughs> I was so, I was so starstruck by you. I mean, I was so starstruck by you. And you split a branch off of a, a Scott's pine and you were bending it and you dropped a little piece of bamboo prop in to prop it off of the trunk. And I was just like, oh my God. I mean, I'd never seen anything like that except for in magazines. You know, and, and so I was just like, whew. But that that convention and watching trees be work like that and seeing this lineage of, lineage of apprentices and and Kenji Miyata, you know, sort of flying through these trees and seeing, you know, Dennis really frightened to death to try and work the pliers and Mr. Mitsuya saying, you know, Hayaku, Hayaku, you know, faster, faster, and he freaks out. And his famous and, favorite words. Yeah, and then I mean, and and it, it was such a, a foreshadowing event for my life as an apprentice watching that and and seeing this foreignness and seeing this this heritage that was being passed down to all of Mr. Mitsuya's apprentices, you know, and you were all there on stage. It was just like such a beautiful it I, I could not have had a more romantic introduction to what it looked like to be an apprentice. Wow. From that event. I mean it was it it, it just it tattooed that experience in my brain. I mean I can almost smell the room still. Wow. It's crazy. It was crazy. And, and, and so, you know, you had this legend about you uh, having gone to Japan and studied with Mr. Mitsuya and really done something on a level that nobody had ever done before. And it, and it became, for me, that became the North Star was to do what Kathy Shaner had done to, oh. to be an apprentice in Japan. You know, but, uh, but I, I've never had any clue how that all, how, how that all happened to you. And, and to hear, it's such an interesting contrast to my experience in Japan because to hear the relationship that it sounds like you had with Mr. Mitsuya, I mean, we're only through sort of the first six months to a year maybe, you know, where you're sort of mm -hmm. finding this ecosystem out that was, you know, sort of this heritage of Daijuen 
and lineage and then there's you know kenji miyata who's the apprentice and but it's just like uh, it's so fascinating to me i I've, I've always wanted to ask you this i've always wanted to know this it was, it was blowing my mind know what just know how this happened for you i don't know Be- I because asked. you were the first I one asked. you were I the asked. first one i asked you were the first one though I kathy follow, i'm a camp follower oh. i i just followed people around that i i knew i could learn from and i'd watch what they do and i'd try to mimic them and let me tell you the it's one so thing pure though Mr. well you, nobody sh- no, nobody showed you how to do this it's so pure how you obtain this 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 chance and then you seized it you seized it and you seized it really in a culture that is a challenging culture to for for a foreigner to integrate into it's yeah, just it was, was just amazing i guess in my life my first marriage was not great so my feeling is what i learned from that marriage those two years gave me all the backbone i needed to do anything else i needed to do in my mm. life Mm-hmm. I mean, I lived through that, mm-hmm. and and I knew if I could live through that, I could get through anything. Mm. And then Alec came along, and that was just another whole different world. Mm-hmm. But to, it was more because I have to, in some ways, um, <laughs> sorry, blank that out. You know, um, the first one was a nutcase. I mean, I mean, it's probably dead by now. I I would hope he would be. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, he sired something and i don't know what that is out there anyway mm. but but it, it was just he was not a nice person but if that gave me everything that two years mm. gave me what i needed for the rest of my life <clears throat> if i got through that i could do anything and and it 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 held through i mean it, i didn't expect to go through that kind of crap but but it, yeah you know and and was and was and and was Alex supportive of you going to Japan? Like what did that Oh, mean? absolutely. Yeah. He said, "Look, I'm on the road all the time. Uh-huh. This is something you are so passionate about." He said he said, "I'm older. I've done everything I've wanted to do, and uh-huh. I'm still doing stuff I like to do." He said, "You need to go do what you feel comfortable doing. Unbelievable. And you've got a chance here to do it." He he was just such uh, such a great guy. Yeah. I mean, for many reasons, because he just, he was passionate. He wanted me to be able to do what he was able to do, what he was able to do when he was growing, as he was growing up and different things. But he said, you know, you got to get out there and just, just do it. He said, I'm on the road anyway. Real quick, it's 7.06. Yeah. Just wanted to make sure you knew, because I know you have other things to do. I don't know. We're having so much fun here. We are having fun. I am. I'm. I'm in this. I mean, I, I want to be respectful of your time, but yeah, I, I just don't want to piss off Yeah, no, that's fine. Listen, if so, we can go a little bit longer. Maybe. Uh, okay, a few minutes longer. Yeah, that's okay. fine. Uh, whatever you're, whatever you're for. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, well. So, okay. And and how and how? So, did you? St- did you stay at Mr. How long was your first stay at Mr. Mitsuya's then? Because this, this, the whole six months, six months. Okay. I, I, I had it set up that they did not want me to be gone, um, to be. Who's they? They, Mrs. Mitsuya, Mr. Mitsuya, uh-huh. the group did okay. not want me to keep running back and forth. I said, you're here for six months mm-hmm. and then you go home for a week mm-hmm. and then I'd be there for another six months. Got it. Got it. 
So it was like going home, see how Alec is, change clothes, whatever it was, you know, try to get all that information out while he was still there. And then, and then I turn around and go back. Now, when you came back to the United States, did you, first of all, I guess, did you have homesickness for the United States when you were in Japan? <laughs> nice. You were just like, are you I, kidding? I'm in, I am. I in this. was in my glory. I was learning. I, I, I got my nose into every little nook and corner and, and cranny and everything else. I, I wanted to learn how to cook Japanese food. So when I was not doing anything, if she was in the kitchen, within the week, I was in the kitchen with her. Wow. And I, I'm looking at it and she's chopping stuff. And I said, she's looking at me like, what? I said, you know, carrots. Said, okay. So she pushed the carrots over. Well, I started to chop them and she goes, dumb it, dumb it, dumb it, dumb it. And I was like, what, 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 what? You know, right. I'm chopping carrots. What? what? No, there, this is a special way of chopping carrots. You know, you, you got to, you know, slice them in a different way. Just so. Right. So then I got through the others and the potato, whatever. So the next night we had carrots out there again and some other stuff. I started to chop the way I did it. No, 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 no hopeless. They had another way because it was another dish. Different so it had a little different way of being, oh God. It was one, I loved it. I loved it. I had to, I then got a little booklet that I kept on the counter behind me and I kept writing all this stuff down faster than, you know, <laughs> I couldn't get it down quick enough. And I know I yeah. made mistakes in the way, but after a while I got pretty good at it. And, and then we, and then I started, Pushing in other ways, she was out there, you know, cooking early in the morning, getting breakfast started, and then she was outside washing. And I said, me, wash. <laughs> you know, I'll do some of it. Every day she, she had a wash, you know, one of these little spin things, and they were great little machines. So I started going outside, hanging wash with her, bitter cold sometimes, um, and then came back in the house and, and sat down and it was like, no, that's not right. So I went back into the kitchen and I looked to see what I could do. And so then after a while, she'd do the wash and I'd do the kitchen. Mm -hmm. And then I would do the wash and she'd do the kitchen, you know, a week later. So we'd just alternate and do whatever. And I learned how to cook Japanese food, which is what I wanted to do as well. Yeah. And I was still, I mean, I got up early, early, early in the morning so I could get to work early. And it wasn't just working for her. It was then getting out to the shop in time. What time did you start? To get up, I oh. usually got up at about five five thirty. Oof! What time did what, what time was Mister Mutsi in the workshop? I'd come dragging his feet out there at about <laughs> right eight o'clock or so, eight thirty. <laughs> and did you have did, did you have the workshop clean? Like, did you know to do that, or like, what did that look like? Well, I didn't know to do that. I'm a woman. I just automatically know mm. you got to clean places mm -hmm, up. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, sometimes it was left a little bit messy at night. Um, if you know, get in here, let's get going or something. You know, if he wanted. I wanted to eat early, I guess, or whatever it was. Um, I, but yeah, I, I tried to keep the shop nice. It was a dirt floor. Mm -hmm. And I love that. And, I love that um, too. I love that too. I, I love, love that. Yeah. I, I, I just, I would have that anywhere. Yeah. I and mean, that's what I want. But Agreed. Uh, it's not going to happen right away. I might make something like that outside. What do, you, do they use salt to compact this, the the floor or something? I don't there, know there's what some it way is. that there's they go about it. Because well, and every once in a while they'll spray it down. You know, because a lot of times he'll bring the trees in if it's real cold winter, and he'll bring them in and we'll keep them wet or something like that to right. the floor. But it never gets muddy. Right. It just the uh, water sinks. So whatever they have, I think it's underground. There must be some kind of a drainage, mm -hmm. multiple drainage levels that just accept the water and let it go down. Yeah. 
know. I marveled at the dirt, yeah. dirt floor workshop yeah. with Mr. It, it Kamaris, was so yeah. nice to work on. Yeah. You were comfortable. Your feet were fine. You dropped a tool. You didn't have to worry about it. There was temperature moderation. There, the only was, thing, yeah. Way, yeah. Occasionally, we'd be sitting in some kind of a chair that had separate spools on it, you know, and you start <laughs> kind of fall right. over to the side. Right. Yes. And you just kind of, yeah, all yes. of a sudden, it's like, ah. Occasionally, you had to change the elevation of the workshop or, yeah, or the, 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 the turntable turn to table, balance yeah. the tree. Yeah. To balance the tree, yeah. But anyway, yeah, it was it was a lot of that. Unbelievable. Holy cow. So was 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 Kenji the only apprentice that would come by or were there other apprentices, former apprentice that you later found out were your well, there, senpai? There, there was another apprentice who had worked with him or for him for a little shy or a little over two years. He didn't want the five-year apprenticeship. He wanted to learn how to do it for himself, but he also had another business, this guy did. Oh. And and that was his real business, but he wanted to be able to do bonsai as well. Mm. So there were times in the beginning when we went to some of the clients, especially the ones, the, the guy who was a Buddhist monk up in the mountains, beautiful place. Oh my God, wonderful place. We would stop off at this other person's place, pick him up, and then would go on up the mountains because it would take several of us, you know, the three of us working together to take care of that collection. Mm -hmm. He was he was wonderful. He'd come to the house once in a while, but and I thought he was just a bonsai person and would help him out, and that was it. I didn't know there was anything else next to him. He was a, a railroad engineer. Wow. Okay. So he just wanted to know enough bonsai that he could take care of and enjoy himself. And, you know, he had a couple of years of whatever it was, but he was, that was his life was and he, very, very rigid about it. You know, this is what you do and that's it, you know, but he was a delightful person. That's so, that's so interesting because it's very fascinating to hear this because there, there was, even when Mr. Kimura finished his apprenticeship, he spent time at other gardens throughout, and he went down to Nagoya specifically, I think, I believe to Mr. Kamiya specifically, to to work with black pine and improve his black pine knowledge. Mm -hmm. And I know Chihara, Chiharu Imai from Yokohama or near Yokohama would came and learned some of, or, or worked for, and it wasn't an apprenticeship because Mr. Imai studied, I believe, at Monsayan or, or some mm -hmm, disciple so, of Monsayan. Mm -hmm. But I believe Mr. Imai came and studied with Mr. Kimura for a minute to study his juniper work specifically. And there was actually, there were actually several sort of Kimbone articles on Mr. Imai in his youth as he was on the come up as a bonsai really? professional with juniper work specifically. And I do believe that there was a little bit of a dispute in terms of Mr. Kimura feeling like you're paying an awful lot of attention to this guy. And I think it was that, you know, there was sort of this, so that, you know, this is all the politics that surround mm -hmm. Boneside. This gets into oh, the nitty gritty yeah. of it all. Yeah. But, but that, that freedom of movement post apprenticeship in Japan, there was a, a little bit of that, of that, that existed. And it's interesting to hear this side of it, where there were also people that were not totally dedicated as apprentices. For example, the gentleman you're speaking of, because Mr. Kimura also had apprentices that were not apprentices. They would just come and help and work. And it was the formality that we know of as the current apprenticeship model was much looser. And although there was formality in terms of the cultural respect and behavior, mm -hmm. it seemed to me there was more freedom in that era of bonsai in Japan in terms of there was a looseness of study that we don't necessarily know or understand exists when we look at that whole process now. I always thought it was 
this rigid, this is how it's always been. But it wasn't. It it really wasn't. There was a period of great collaboration and prosperity to a degree in Japan in the bonsai world. And and that's that's a phenomenal thing to acknowledge when we look at our bonsai culture, whatever it will become mm-hmm. under all of the influences that are going to inform that, the, the great collaboration, w- once, once, that, once that disappears, that, that seems to be an impediment to pr- progress on, on some sort of greater community level mm-hmm. prosperity of the art form, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I, don't know. I, I don't know if you saw that or if, because coming back from Japan to the United States, you were, you were the person. You were the person. You were the, you were the only one that had that knowledge. And and I don't I, I can't even imagine what that was like at that time. Well, I guess in some ways I was protected a little bit. By who? Too much. <laughs> By who? By who? By the Mitsuyas. Mm. They they did not they were afraid that something would happen to me. They didn't want me I wanted to go out for a walk. I wanted to go to the stores to draw. I wanted to take something down and drop it off. This is the, in Japan. In Japan. Okay. You know, my t- it was my time supposedly but you know i i there was a circle k down there i wanted to drop a letter off to my husband i wanted you know there were things i wanted to do i didn't have the right language Mm -hmm. and and that was a big stopping point for me on a lot of things you know i I want to go out for a walk well what do you mean you want to go out to a walk for a walk what where are you going i said i just need to walk i need to move these legs i can't sit in the chair all the time i mean i didn't tell him that that way but i mean basically it was i need to walk yeah i need to keep these legs moving because otherwise you're sitting in the chair or you're upside down working on a tree or whatever it is (laughs) i mean you you know you know all the different directions we get in um and it and it it was that was the hardest thing I had to to not be allowed to go out to walk mm-hmm. because I didn't say it right. Mm. I was using the wrong language term. I was talking, you know, there's to walk to the store, or there's to go for a walk. Mm-hmm. There are two different ways of of saying it, and I was saying, I want to go for a walk. I didn't need to go to the store. I want to go for a walk. I want to walk. I just need to walk to move these legs. Yeah. Oh, damn it, damn it. Hopeless, hopeless. You know, you you know, you don't you don't need to go. And and he was thinking store. I'm thinking just but he didn't want me to go out. He was afraid that if I went out for long walks or walks, even on my own time, that something would happen to me. I mm. mean, I, I was a woman over there. And and they're not he said, you know, Japanese people are not used to seeing women. It's almost like someone's going to jump your bones. I mean, that's not what he said, but that was the the way he was reacting. That was a he con- was was that a concern? That you was think? a concern yeah, of his wow. that, you know, I my you know, something would happen. I go out and he's responsible and then I'm what? You know. Sure. My sure. big tall husband's going to come out after him. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, he's going to yeah. rip him to pieces. I don't I don't know. So it was it was hard because I did not have the language skills that I really needed. Mm-hmm. I went over too soon. Mm-hmm. I should have been able to study more. It was like, oh, okay, now tomorrow, you know, kind of thing. It was, you know, all of a sudden it was like, whoa, wait a minute, I don't know anything about it. You know, yeah. I wanted to go, so I I went. I had to go. I just had to do it. And that was your moment. Do it. That was yeah, my moment. Just yeah, didn't want to blindside myself and then not have it. That door, that door only opens. Yeah, yeah I think that door only that opens one time once. And that was it. Yeah, because he would never, right he would never give anyone. A, and that was the other thing, I felt. I felt a, a burden, of this, by, I, I, I did not want, the chance for somebody else, to go over, 
I didn't want that to become a bubble that burst. Mm -hmm. If I did something wrong and he sent me home, there would not be another. That was my feeling. The, you know, he would not feel comfortable in having anyone else come over. Yeah. And and I I just couldn't let that happen. Interesting. Yeah. So I, you know. So how did you communicate it? If if because you went over without the language prereqs, which which honestly, like I studied a year of Japanese in college. And I couldn't speak a lick of Japanese. Oh, it was so different. Oh. Uh, that Japanese is very different yeah. from what they. Well, and and Crazy. then the Hogan, the, the you know, he's down in an area where it's what you know, the, none of that's in the book. Yeah, is that <laughs> no? He's in the Kansai, right? The Kansai. He's down. Mr. Mitsui is down. Daijuin's by in. Toyohashi is is a as as you're coming down from Tokyo. Going down, you hit Toyohashi is where the the island kind of bends a yeah. little bit, but there's that long spick that comes out here, and then you've got oh, what uh, Nagoya and uh -huh. that kind of stuff Nagoya, up there. So yeah. he's he's on the water side, uh, yeah. and it's a very tight knit little community. There's yeah. four old places. I you know I can't even remember those four now. Four little towns. They used to have you know their big summertime whiskey bash and running these big things up and down the street you right. know and all the other stuff but yeah. so there are four little towns that are together and and that it's not we're not in toyohashi we're in this little area yeah and so everybody there knows everybody else and and uh, oh that was another thing so i could never do anything right or wrong because somebody would get to him she was out there walking on the she, she was, did she went down to the across the big street? She crossed the railroad tracks. I mean, they, they knew exhausting. where. If I when I finally did get to a point where I could go out and do a little bit, mm -hmm. you know, I just wanted to walk. Yeah. So I was, but anyway, that was. That's got that had to be exhausting. Constant, constant oversight. Yeah. Well. But how did you guys, How did you communicate then? In terms of, I mean, did he speak to you? And obviously, he spoke to you in Japanese. In and Japanese. And his wife spoke to you in yeah, Japanese. In Japanese. So yeah. you just learned how to. The younger son other. Koji spoke um, spoke a little English. His teacher called me one day because we couldn't even couldn't understand Koji. His teacher called, and I could understand why I couldn't understand Koji. Because <laughs> <you're> right, <laughs> it was That's not uh, whatever English he was speaking was not something in my That's great. my realm of uh, knowledge. It, it it went way beyond me. Yeah. That's amazing. Uh, anyway, what 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 did I mean? Mister Mencia has a lot of species that he's strong with. What was your favorite? What did you really like, and what appealed to you the most over these years of practicing bonsai, repotting, wiring, styling, pinching, pruning, decandling? You know, cleanup shows, exhibitions. What what? Where did you find like your real groove? What was what was what was your favorite? If you could. <sighs> I can't really say there was a favorite. I mm -hmm. loved them all. You loved them all. There was just something special about each of them. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, we did all sorts of things. <laughs> the one thing that helped him, just a little side here. <clears throat> um, there, you, you know, I've been a lot bigger than I am now at times. And while I was over there, that might've been the case part of the time. And there was a tree he brought in one time, a big juniper had this i mean it was a huge thing and it was kind of twisted at the base but it went up and then there was this big tall thing a big big heavy wooden thing so finally i found something i could do 
He wanted me to get up on the ladder, get up on the 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 turntable and get a hold of that tree way up there at the top and grab a hold of it and help bring it down so my feet had to jump off of the table so i was hanging in midair and and pulling this big piece of, of wood down and when we finally got it about where we needed we needed to shove it through the little hole that was down in here <laughs> so i had fun I got a little bit of aggression out. And yeah, I, yeah. You know, kind of bounced on this <laughs> thing a little right. bit, you know, as I was going down with it. Just come on, come on, come on, hurry up. I can't hold it much longer kind of thing, you know. And just, and, and was he la was he laughing? Was he smiling when he was doing work? Oh, were he you having was fun? Giggling and having fun. Oh, Man, absolutely. I can't I mean, there were times he didn't it. and there were times he was very serious about stuff, but other times, yeah, he'd just turn you upside down and inside out. You just yeah. you just couldn't help but laugh too. Did things he change? He had such a guttural laugh. You know, just, oh, oh, oh. Yeah, he's a good laugher. <laughs> yeah. I've only I've only been on the outskirts, but mm. when at that convention where all of all of his students were on stage together, you were on stage with him and um that evening yeah, Mr. Mitsuyu would always sort of get together with whoever the president of GSBF was and they mm -hmm. would in the president's room hang out and yeah. You know, all of the people that were so envious and sort of wanting this contact with this such a, I mean, you're talking about a book. I think it's hard to impress upon people how significant it was at bonsai in the, for bonsai in the early 2000s, at least for me, to think about somebody as a, a bonsai master, which is more or less a term that we've kind of made up for mm -hmm. it. They're bonsai professionals, but mm -hmm. a bonsai master but there really was the shokunin mentality in Japan really did mean that these people, Mr. Mitsuya and, you know, all, all his Daijuin, uh, uh, Kohai and Senpai and Oyakata, they're aspiring, they're striving for perfection. Mm -hmm. They're striving for perfection. Yeah. And, and, and they're seeking mastery on a level that we just have not comprehended that right. in the Western world, right? And so when you're in that room with them and you're thinking, I'm sitting here with somebody who is at the top of their game in terms of the practice of bonsai and they're seeking perfection on a daily basis, just being in the presence of somebody like that was was super inspiring and mm -hmm. very humbling. And you watched, I watched the way that he carried himself and I watched the way that people responded to him and I, ha I just hadn't seen that before. I really oh hadn't seen that when before. When he'd come out and there were a lot of other Japanese guys around, you know, at some of the bigger functions, I mean, they moved out of the way. It was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, he had a presence. Uh -huh. He had a presence. He and commanded not, a lot of respect in the did room. Not, yeah, it would not trip him up, yeah. So, so how, how, did, how did your apprenticeship finish then? Because I know for me, I was trying to get another visa. The government official who had helped me get visas retired. Mr. Kimura <sighs> said, go ahead and go to the new Koku Kanri Koku. Go to, the, go to immigration. Go ahead and talk to them. But this time he didn't go with me. Every other time he had gone with me, and that time he did not go with me. And so I went by myself, and they pulled me into a back room, and they said, you've really abused the system. It's time for you to go. I went back to Mr. Kamara. As I said, they told me I can't. He said, you know, it's time for you to go home anyways. He knew he what knew was going to happen. Yeah. He knew. And, and I think he also, you know, I stayed, I, I stayed for, for an extra year beyond the, the five years because all of my senpai had done so. 
And and I just felt like, gosh, you're I, giving them an extra year. Yeah, I, I, because I, by then you know everything that yeah. you you've learned from them, right. and you're able to give back. You're able to actually contribute yeah. at that point in time. You're actually to able actually able to contribute. Yeah. yeah, and it feels good. Yeah, because he did give me a lot, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, but 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 when it was when that moment occurred where he didn't go with me, and I was like, well, this this is interesting. And then I got there, and I was like, oh, oh, I'm not okay. I see. This is I'm no longer welcome here. Uh, and I went back and I told him, he said, you know, I think it's time for you to go home anyways. And that was kind of, that was kind of it. You know, it was, it was sort of make, make your preparations. It's time for you to leave. How, how did your apprenticeship end? It was actually okay. I mean, it was a happy thing. I mean, it was pretty much at that point, they were comfortable knowing that Koji was going to be coming over to the States. That was, Alec arranged all of it. He found the places for him to go, the mm. Japanese uh, schools for Japanese students so they could learn English, do a little better job on it, and, and then got him into other schools later. Um, then he went to the university there in San Jose. So, so all of that helped when Koji left, it uh, came over to the States. I basically had finished my apprenticeship gotcha well maybe he no actually he was there a year before i finished okay i forgot that okay okay he was so he was getting himself established in the united states he was getting established he was learning i mean learning english um and and then went on to the university and he did very well i Mm. mean he's doing very well he's going all over the world um but but I I wanted more, you know, you mm-hmm. never get enough. There, there, I just knew there was more out there to learn. And and over the years, it, it actually happened to where I would go back. I, you know, he somebody didn't work out right. Oh, I can come over for a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. So I'd go over and, and we'd learn, you know, I'd learn some new stuff. I, I was open for it then. I, yeah. I knew what to look for and and why and how and all the other things and we would go to other places and check some stuff out and it, it was it was it was fine it was it was different then because it was not the apprenticeship it wasn't the you know right just do that he was he was softer hmm. more open to you know just showing me different things that could be done and and uh, figuring out some other stuff and i don't know how to explain it but yeah it, it was a it was different than the apprenticeship. And do you think he was thinking of it more like, uh, obviously there's always, he's the master and, and you're the apprentice, right? And that never changes. But do you think that um, there was some of it where there was an acknowledgement that that you were now a bonsai professional? I mean, you were making a living or you were, you know, functioning as a professional in the United States and he had trained you and you were you were super highly regarded. I mean, he had to be very happy about that although he might not ever tell you that yeah i yeah he didn't he hadn't really expressed that but i felt it yeah i i could tell because after a while you know you know his his looks you know his face you know he's he's calm he's relaxed he's excitable he's like oh my god what did you do or kind of thing you know you you could see how he felt yeah and um when i had finished his his wife had actually come over also for for the demo she was there during one of our big conventions and uh, she had a good time, and we, you know, they went all over different places. Hideko set it up, <laughs> but it was nice. Um, but it 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 was different than being an apprentice. 
I felt more like I was on an even keel, not that I could do what he was doing, but but you know, I had enough behind me that yeah. I could feel a little more comfortable with him. I, I wasn't I was never afraid of him. I was afraid of not doing something right. Yeah. Um, but he, I mean, he was happy. He was jolly. I mean, many times at its home, we just had a kick together, mm -hmm. you know, trying to get my feet underneath the, the table, getting down on the floor and, and then trying to get them back out again. <laughs> I mean, you know, there were things that I was heavy. I was heavier than I am, a lot heavier than I am now, um, which I don't know why I did. I just probably hated myself so much for a while, but, um, Hated moving to California. <laughs> no. Right, California. California is responsible for it all. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> so absolutely. That, that's all that eight, good food it. and all the wine and all the other crap that that's went right. with it. Um, but it 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 was it was a different feeling once I'd finished the apprenticeship and when he came over. I mean, we just had a jolly good time. Interesting. And we went to Washington D.C. and we went to all different places, places he wanted to go. Yeah. Okay, let's go here. Okay, let's go there. So when and you we had a good time when you came back from japan what what were you thinking life was going to be like like what did you did you did you have an idea or you know like what what was your thought process about that now you had been there and you had this skill set that nobody else had what what happens next well i started teaching uh-huh because you, know, you wanted had, to teach i had students well i I couldn't just hold on to that stuff and not give it to anybody else. Nice. I mean, to me, it, it's what's going to make it in this country. You know, the more people you can get to understand what what's different between what we do over here and the way it's done over there. You don't have to do it that way, but there's a reason for doing it that way, you yeah. know. And, and there's, there's such there, – it is very hard to get people to understand that what you're doing, you're doing – with love, mm -hmm. because you enjoy doing it. It's not, oh, I got five bones I got to work on today, you know, and they're your own, and, and you just feel that way. I, you know, that's not right. Yeah. So I, I try to, to entertain people in a way and, and to talk with them and, and to work on trees in such a way that they can maybe see or feel the comfort that I feel when I'm working or talking to them. Mm-hmm. Talking while I'm working, whatever you know. It it just, I I, to me, it's such a wonderful hobby, and it clears everything. I mean, your mind's clear, your heart's clear. You, you just breathe in deeply while you're working. You just feel good about it, and and you're working on something you love to do. How can you? How can you? Oh, I got to get this done. You know, a lot of people that do bones, I feel that way. Oh, I got three more. I got to work on. You know, well, that's not the way to feel. So I try to show them the other side of it, mm. the soft side of it, you know, the gentle side of it, the the building of it. It's not just to get the tree done. It's to enjoy that process while you're doing it. Oh. And and he did, uh, so he'd, he'd be sitting in his chair and I'd be sitting right over there working on a tree and he'd get up off a stool and he'd back out the door and he'd squat down and he'd look at the tree and he'd look at the tree from this other side. And I kept thinking, what is he, just wanting to get out in fresh air? What is this all about, you know? <laughs> and then after a while, I started to see what he was looking at and why he was looking at that. And then just moving a little bit gives you a totally different perspective what, of what's in front of you. And then he'd go back in and he'd work a little bit more and then he'd come back out and he'd look at it. And that was just his, his way of, 
One, getting maybe fresh air into your lungs because you've been hunkered down for so long over this little thing or on the big one, whatever it was. But it was just his feeling that he was able to give to the tree he was working on. Yeah. You know, it wasn't a thing. Mm -hmm. It was something that had, I don't know, it's not value, it, it's the personality of the tree or whatever it was. I mean, he had a way of bringing things out. Yeah, demanded and his respect. Demanded or, his know. respect, but he also respected what mm -hmm. he was working on. I mean, it wasn't a one-way situation. You as a tree, you gotta do what I want you to do. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm gonna bring you up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you a few things, you know, and then you just start working on it. It was just amazing to watch the transformation at times. That sounds lovely. Yeah, how much of that how much of that do you think connected to you talked about when you were go, sort of going to these clubs and seeing people just sort of light up working on bonsai and it sounds to me like you're seeing you're sort of seeing how he really engaged with the tree being a super special relationship and and then you come back and now you're saying I'm going to teach it's like you had this early realization of what bonsai can do for somebody and then you saw this mentor have this major relationship and and you just felt like i want to share this well i think part of that is actually because of him that i'm i, I try to be that way i it's not that i try to be that way i guess i just fell right into it before i started there was another one val monroe and um well, basically, Val and I were the ones. We, we'd do what I call dumpster diving. You know, he would take a, a tree and, and take a, a cutting or a branch off of a, a pine tree. And he'd wire each one of the separate things and he'd set them the way he wanted it. And he'd say, this is what you need to see or this is what you need to see. Mm -hmm. and, and then, you know, because it was cut off the tree, then he'd take it and he'd throw it on the ground. Well, the two of us, it was like, who's going to get it first? And we kept those and treasured them. And that was our, our platelet to look at. That, that was what we studied you know, how, why, okay, he's been it. Oh, that's in, oh, okay, well, I see. But he did that a lot. And, and after a while, when he saw us, you know, diving down for these pieces, he would go, oh, oh, oh you know, a wonderful <laughs> little laugh of his. You know, it's just guttural. It comes right from the feet right on up. But, um, you know, I don't know what else he said under his breath, but it, it, sure. we didn't hear it. It doesn't matter anyway. <laughs> doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. But he, he had this wonderful way of, of, like I said, when he's working on the tree, you know, it, it was so, he would, he just became one with the tree. Mm -hmm. You know, he, he'd see, you know, he'd look at me once in a while, you know, because he wanted to see if I was watching him. And I did, you know, like I said, I learned this and I learned to look out of the corner of that eye. Um, but, and, and why is he doing this? Why is he not doing that? But so, so a lot of the learning was not about screwing the wire on. It was about what are you trying to accomplish mm -hmm. when you're doing that? You know, where are you going with it? And, I, I, and it was fun to be close to him and to watch that. I mean, there were bad days too. I'm not going to get into sure. those, but. Friendship <laughs> sure. um, isn't all peaches and cream. No. Yeah. But thank goodness. <laughs> and we got it all. Um, I don't know. It, it, it was, I'd do it all over again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so would I. So would I. So, so you're teaching. You come back and you're teaching and, and traveling? Like, did, 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 the, did the traveling automatically, was that a part of it at that point in time? Because certainly when I came back, I knew I was going to have to travel. I don't know when that became the model. 
but it seemed like John Naka and sort of that that school kind of had set that model of travel and spreading the bonsai, sort of spreading the knowledge. Well, he did because he wanted to bring a lot of stuff around to a lot of people, which he did. Mm-hmm. I mean, Naka, I mean, he, you know, went all over the world. Um, and and I don't know what his teaching was really like because I don't remember. I've I've been in a few of his um, talks, and sometimes they were just they weren't as comfortable. Yeah, as, as I felt when I was with my teacher, he'd get up on top of a table and be working on a tree up high, and Ben would get up on top of another table, and it was like the two of them were, you know, dueling banjos or something. Banjos. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it wasn't it wasn't the same kind of training or talking, and uh-huh. maybe because when you're at a club versus working with an individual one on one, you're probably doing some different work. I don't know. But, I, you, I, but, but you were doing club. I mean, when you came back and you started teaching, were you doing club work or did that start later? Oh no, I did everything. Yeah, whatever it was. You hit. The, did you hit the ground running when you got back to the United much, States? Pretty much. Yeah. Was the anticipation of you coming home just ridiculous? It had to have been because the GSBF, the Federation, is such a powerful sounding block in California. I don't know how they felt about it. Um, Hideko's always been kind to me. <laughs> um, could piss you off easy, but you know. <laughs> but she she was she was caring in a lot of ways, and and I I felt comfortable with her. Um, there were people I didn't you know would rather not be around. I mean, everybody's got some of those. I don't know. I, I was I was happy. I was happy because I was able to get all this knowledge, and I was happier because I was able to pass it on to many people. Yeah. And that was something I was really adamant about. I did not want to have all this information and not pass it on. What good is it? Yeah. You know, just because I can do it, that, that wouldn't do anything for us over here. And that didn't satisfy you? Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. So I just, you know, I started, and we'd pick up different people and, you know, different clubs they were interested in. And we started little groups and then started other little groups. And I don't know. It just blossomed. But at, at some point, how did you manage that? Because there wasn't, there wasn't a previous track to run on. I mean, this is... This is the thing that I continue to come back to is it's like, well, but, but hey, Kathy, like nobody is showing you what to do. Like I, I, I came back and there was a model for me. There was a model for me to follow, to make a living doing bonsai. You know, I could travel and I could teach. And, um, you know, I know El Dorado was the first sort of really established school where, where you were, you, you as a professional were teaching and you were teaching classes and you were teaching subject matter. And it was like really I was in college at the time, so I was like, well, this makes sense to me. This is how you learn, you know, but <clears throat> but I didn't realize the brilliance of, of that uh, organization and that methodology until experiencing all of the different ways that Bonesight was being taught and then recognizing like, wow, this is something very serious, you know, and, and, and I came back and, and, and Boone had started his seasonals and, and that was something new, you know, and, and, and mm-hmm. so it's like, okay, here's all of these different ways that this can look, but you didn't. You didn't have that. You you came back with this skill set, and it's like, all right, Kathy Shaner, you're now. Everybody wants to know what you know. Like, whew, how do you even go about that? One at a time. One at a time. Not one person at a time. Just one subject at a time. Yeah. You, you know, I didn't try to cover everything. I mean, first we, well, El Dorado helped. Um, 
we we ended up bringing students in, a large number of students, and I know you were there at the time, you'd have seen them lined up. We'd sure. do a little talk in the very beginning about, you know, half an hour at the most of what you should be doing this time of the year, and then we went in and got into our pines or whatever we were working on. So I tried to make it um, simple for people. We tried to stay with one subject, and we got into it pretty deeply. Okay, come over here now and take a look at this. We're, mm -hmm. we're working on this one. This is a big, heavy branch. We're going to have to bend this branch. How are we going to do that? Mm -hmm. What can we do to it to, to make it safe to, to bend and, and get it into the position we want it in? Or, you know, what? Don't, you, don't touch that tree right now. I mean, this is, this is a weak tree. Look, when did you repot this? Just two weeks ago? I mean, what? The, the roots look, don't, it doesn't feel good and strong down here. It's not tied in tight. So we get into all those di different things. And, and that was important to me to, to, before we did any wonderful, great, oh, twisty, do this, do that, do the other thing that we were able to do at the end. Um, it, you had to learn the basics, how to keep a tree alive yeah. and, and what was important, what could you cut and what don't you cut. And it was a wrong time period. I mean, yeah. this, you know, sometimes Dolly set up things for, well, we're going to do, I'm going to have, you know, do you do, do pines and, and it's the wrong time of the year or do maples and it's the wrong time of right. the year. And, and a lot of people just, they don't think about that. They, they it's just not even on their checklist. Yeah. Yeah, that there could be a wrong time. That there could be a wrong time. So there were totally. times I had to flip things around and we, we'd do something else, mm -hmm. you know. we still work on the tree, but in a different way, not quite what they thought they were getting. Um, I don't know. It, El Dorado is a great place because of the space, because mm -hmm. of the good trees that came in, yeah. all the azaleas that made everybody happy. And the other trees that were around. I mean, it, it was it was wonderful. It was a shame to see it. Yeah. Yes, it I was. Mean, just drop. Yep. It was a very special place. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. I marvel. I marvel at it, Kathy. It's 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 a uh, it's an incredible body of work that you've put together. And uh, how do you feel about bonsai now? This I you, you have you have pretty much done everything in bonsai. Uh, you've been everywhere. You you you've you've met everyone. You've taught everywhere. You've really sort of spanned the gauntlet of bonsai practice and, and and now now at this point in your career how do you feel about bonsai oh i it's that's it still oh absolutely wow yeah um i i can't say that i've done everything i haven't done everything because there's a lot of stuff i decided not to do mm. i wanted to get you know you don't you don't show the 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 end product when you're not even able to do the beginning product yeah so a lot of the students started, you know, we started slow and moved on along and, and started to build on it. And then we could pop it out this way and then pop it that way and, you know, do what we needed to do. But in the beginning, you know, everybody thought, oh, they were just going to learn all these wonderful tricks and things. But they didn't know how to do the stuff before you do those tricks. Right. So getting, getting people to understand um, just the main basics they weren't even doing basics early on there were a couple of people that taught a little bit but so much of it was so sadly done yeah um i don't know i i just i tried to change things a little bit so they were still excited about it and 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 stuff but you know you said i've done everything i haven't done everything you know i haven't done a lot of stuff that that's been done i i mean i try to keep it I don't try to work all over the country. 
Yeah. There's huge areas I never touch. Mm -hmm. I can't. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. not enough time in a, in a day to to get some one even one group going. So I I just basically I I did have all I could in California. Yeah. You know, let somebody else take care of it. There's people there. They they they've been around me long enough to know what's what. Um, so I just taking it back to to my other states here that I I'm in often enough, but I'm not in all the states. I just keep it a little here, a little there, a little something here, a little, you know, in the New York. Yeah. Um, just because you can't, you can give so wholly of yourself and still not get them to get it because you haven't been there enough. You haven't, you you can't do this without doing this, 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 and this. Mm -hmm. You know, so I I just felt if I can get a group of people here and a group of people here and a group of people over there really good and strong in what Bones Eye is about, they can pass it on. Mm -hmm. And that's what's going to make it grow here. Yeah. It's not what I give. It's what they then take and give. Did you ever feel like you gave too much? Like just having dedicated your life to this no. art form? No. Never been able to have kids. It's my kids. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My students. I mean, some of them are maybe a little bit older than I am, but not too many of them. Uh. Um, you know, I, no, I, I just, uh, no, I'm glad I'm giving what I'm giving. Yeah. Because to me, it's such a worthwhile adventure. Yeah. You know, you just, you just, it's such a wonderful hobby. You, you see trees in such a different way, you know, once you start working with them. And when you can start to see that, then then they're really, it's it's exciting for me to see somebody suddenly grasp it. Get the surge. Yeah. Get the surge. Ugh. I have wanted to talk to you about this forever. I feel so, I, I just feel so satiated and we've only scratched the surface, I'm assuming. But um it was a big surface. It was a big surface. We covered a, a, <laughs> a fairly lot, substantial yeah. swath uh, in this conversation. And I just feel like, uh, you know, I don't, I'm sure you understand the impact that you've had on some people, but the the impact that you've had on, look, you opened the door. You opened the door for a lot of us to go over there. The, the, the commonality of foreigners and specifically North American people going to Japan to study bonsai was really the, the the path and the trail was really created by you because you went there mm -hmm. and, and you did it right you know and I thank you for that because um you know me going to Japan Mr. Kimura had other foreign apprentices he said he would never take another foreign apprentice he 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 took me on and it was painful because there was a lot of wrong to right in in that relationship and it took me a long time to figure out what that was and how to do it well mm -hmm. but I did feel like I did feel like at least for Mr. Kimura, there was an obligation that I had if there were going to be other people that could have that to, mm -hmm. to do it right. But we had those opportunities because you did it right. You did it right from the beginning. So I just want to say I thank you very much. You've been very inspirational to me. Uh, you, you paved a huge path that I've followed. Uh, and I recognize, you know, where we are is because people such as yourself and primarily yourself for me blaze that trail. So thank you. No, oh, you're welcome. Yeah. I'm glad I was there. I mean, I, you know, I'd do it for anybody, not just you. <laughs> and and I do. I try to pass it on, and and that's that's what's going to make it wonderful, and hopefully warm this country up a little bit. Yeah. You know, really 
people, we have to take care of what's out there. Yeah. Because yes. when they start going down, when you look at the West Coast, what's happening on the burns and everything else, it's scary as hell. Brutal. I, I just, I can't imagine. I mean, and we're going to have to build this back up again and make it work. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it it's important. I mean, and I think bonsai, just because you're, you can see a little tree, then you can start to understand a big tree. Yeah. And that maybe that'll be the kicking point that will, will help it turn over. I don't know. Amen. I don't know. Amen. I believe yeah. it. I, I totally agree. I totally agree. Kathy, thank you We're, so much. You're welcome. Thank We're you. just luckily, lucky, lucky, lucky we could do what we wanted to do. I, right? Yeah. Pretty awesome. I'm, I, 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 yeah, there are days where bonsai feels like a job, but for the most part, bonsai yeah. still feels like a passion for me. Yeah. yeah. For me, it's, it's a lot of it. It is about the people around you. Yeah. You know, the ones you're working with. Which they're is interesting just great because they're because it's this tree. It's this tiny tree. And yeah. suddenly, you know, it pulls everybody together. Yeah. 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 Thanks Thank for your you. time. Thank you're you very welcome. much.